You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, anywhere you get podcasts. You can tell Alexa to play Locked on Packers. You can tell your Google Home to play Locked on Packers. Any of your connected devices, we are anywhere you get podcasts. And we are also anywhere you have a mobile device because you can hit us up at the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. Melissa Jacobs from the Football Girl, and in some ways she truly is the Football Girl, Uh, is going to join us on the show today to talk a little bit more about the 49ers. If you missed yesterday's show with Brian Peacock, the host of Locked On 49ers, I I suggest you go back and listen to it. That was um, a really interesting conversation. He had a lot to say about where this 49ers team is and where it's going, and and we will continue that conversation with Melissa, take it in in some different directions, talk a little bit about... uh, Eric Reed, why he's not on the 49ers and why he's not on the Packers. Uh, that's even more confusing in light of, of recent events. And we're going to get to the haha Clinton Dick stuff here in just a second. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Colin Kaepernick. That was a player the Packers could have brought in last year when Brett Hundley went down and didn't. It's a player that San Francisco could bring back and play instead of C.J. Beathard. But Kyle Shanahan said, well, we're not going to do that. So uh, there's a lot to get to with Melissa, but I teased the haha Clinton Dick stuff. Let's start with that because that was the big topic of conversation on Packers Twitter yesterday. And let's intro with a text I got here. This is from Anthony in Santa Clarita, California. He says, hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? What do you think about HaHa Clinton Dix coming out today and saying he doesn't expect to play for the Green Bay Packers beyond this season? I understand that he is a free agent after this season, but I don't know why he had to come out and say it publicly. There's two parts that I think are important here. The number one thing is, if you as a fan don't think HaHa Clinton Dix is going to be back after this season, why do you have a problem with him saying so? And if he is treating this season as a job interview, why do you have a problem with that? Every player, every year should be treating every game as a job interview. Because if that is your mentality, then that means you are trying to play your best every game with the understanding that you are trying to earn your spot next week. There's that old, this was something in the in the late aughts and into the early you know, 2010s that that teams were talking about, we just want to go 1-0, and and it got really old really fast, and everyone was just like, all right, cool, everyone wants to do that. This is just cliche and stupid. 
But the idea is if you are treating every game and every season as a job interview, then that means you are working every game, every day in practice to get better, to maximize your opportunities, and to play your best to impress as many people as you can. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what he should be doing, and theoretically, that's how he can best help this defense. Now, he did also say, I don't expect to be back in Green Bay. Okay, haha. Either do I. Either do you. Either does Jason Wildey, I assume, who wrote the piece. Him being honest about that shouldn't be a problem for anyone because he's basically saying, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be here past this year, but I'm still going to play hard because I'm playing for my next team. He's basically justifying why he's playing hard this year, knowing he's not going to be back. He's already giving you the reason. Well, oh, well, why would he say this? Because that basically means he's quit on the team. No, that's his point. This is why I'm not going to quit on this team, even though I don't think I'm part of their long-term future. I'm still going to play hard because I know I have to play hard if I want to get the next job. And, And that is just honesty from a pro athlete that we don't get. That sort of candid insight is not something that we often get. And and what would be even more astonishing is if he just said, yeah, I really don't care about this season. I'm not going to be here past this year anyway. If he said that, then I can understand your frustration and being upset and being concerned. He's saying, look, I'm playing hard. This is what I'm doing. And it's important to me that I do play hard because I'm fighting for a job, if not here next year, then somewhere else. That doesn't mean he's not invested. Now, it might mean he's taking more risks than he needs to because he wants to pad his interception count. He got beat on the touchdown that Kevin King allowed to the inside because he bit on a on a little shoulder fake. So here's the thing. You go, where did why did HaHa Clinton Dix react to the outside? If you've seen the clip, this is the second time he's given up a touchdown because he reacted to what seems like nothing when he was supposed to give inside help and he goes, he runs to the sideline and the corner who's expecting help to the inside is playing to get that help to the inside and doesn't get it. If you are taking unnecessary risks, you might fall for that shoulder fake to the outside expecting that the receiver is going to run an out or a corner and you're trying to make a play on the ball there, except your responsibility is inside. But so here's where the convergence of the fan perception of HaHa Clinton Dix and this level of play and these words all converge. He has not been a consistent player over the last few years. His effort as a tackler hasn't been there the last two years, at least. And so you put that in this context and you go, well, he's just trying to not get hurt and he's trying to just make splash plays. Maybe that's true. And then you think, well, Josh Jones isn't getting an opportunity to play. And he he's clearly trying to fight to be on this team. Why is he doing that? Well, because he's under contract and he even said flat out, I want to get paid to make plays. I don't want to just get a check. I want to get a check because I'm helping this team win. And when you have a player saying that, they don't necessarily play the same position, but maybe Kentrell Bryce would be better suited as a last line of defense player. You play Josh Jones in the box, and maybe that is a more formidable safety duo. I'm not even saying it for sure is, but I understand if it seems like Clinton Dix is taking unnecessary risks to try and make splash plays, then at a certain point, you have to say, you're hurting our team. Now, the problem for Green Bay, and I wrote about this with Josh Jones, 
if you are not going to play Josh Jones and the other two safeties aside from Clinton Dix, who is clearly not part of your long-term plan, that you are going to play are undrafted free agents, then how could you possibly, under any circumstances, have believed that that safety group, if we are going to assume Josh Jones isn't good, which I'm not ready at all to assume, how could it be that you could go into this offseason and not say Trey Boston, Kenny Vaccaro, Eric Reed, these are players who could help us? How could you not say, Seattle, what is the price for Earl Thomas? Now, they can still go sign Earl Thomas in the offseason, and maybe they should, and maybe he'd be a, a, a bargain price coming off a leg injury when we know safeties don't have a huge market anyway, and he's 30 and coming off another serious leg injury. Maybe Green Bay could get him for cheap. They could get him for, you know, the Morgan Burnett deal. By the way, I'm, I, I am not at all sad that the Packers did not decide to pay Morgan Burnett because... He's not very good. I just thought that would be, we're trading Morgan Burnett out to get Josh Jones. And that seems very obvious that that is not what they are doing. And after I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company, I happened to know for a fact Josh Jones read it. That's all I'm going to say. But I happen to know for a fact that Josh Jones read that piece. And I think it makes sense to him. I don't think that. I know that. And I think any logical Packer fan is looking at it going, Kentrell Bryce is not special. It's not like he's playing like he's Cam Chancellor. How is he so much better than Josh Jones? If that's the case, how did how did Josh Jones play any snaps last year? Why didn't they play Marwin Evans or anyone else? How is this where the Packers are with this safety group? I, I just, I can't understand what it is. There has to be some factor here that we're not seeing. I posited on Twitter that maybe it's, his poor special teams play, which, like, if that's the case, oh, my God, that's stupid. I, it's hard for me to have any understanding of of what is happening because none of it makes sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to Josh Jones either. And that And that is where I will leave that. Before we get to Melissa, I want to tell you about our longtime friends at my bookie, the Packers. Double-digit favorites against the 49ers. It seems like they're going to get some of their injured players back. We'll have more indication of of who's available and who's not. Uh, the practice, the big practice, really is today. So we'll we'll know. You know, Kevin King should be back. He had his face stomped accidentally, but he should be back. There's a chance Jair Alexander can play. You know, Geronimo Allison. Where is he in concussion protocol? But Green Bay is going to be healthier. Listen, they should curb stomp this team. And that's not at all a reflection of what Golden Tate did to, to Kevin King. That's just something someone says. But if you're going to bet on that line, and I think, frankly, it's a good bet because Green Bay should win this game by 20-plus, you should do it at my bookie. They have live in-game betting, over-under on fantasy players, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And I've told you about it. I've had I've had listeners sign up. And the thing is, they are so slammed with new users signing up that they're going to pay you money to sign up after 7 p.m. Eastern just to make sure there are fewer people trying to do it at that moment. When you use the promo code LOCKEDON25, you'll get an additional $25 in free play on any deposit over $100. And they will match your first deposit up to $1,000, dollar for dollar. Free money for you. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to get that extra $25 When you make that first deposit over $100 after 7 p.m., they'll match it 
up to $1,000. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. And if I can't help you win some money, let me help you save some because clothes in 2018 are preposterously expensive, but there is a solution, and it's Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment which is something you can feel good about. Saving money and saving the world. What is better than that? Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. And with Swap.com, you can save up to 90%, 90% off retail price of your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, Gap. Quality hand-inspected items are added every single day. And if something doesn't fit, hassle-free returns within 30 days. Days and swap.com wants to give my listeners a special discount, even more money to save 35% off select items on your first order with promo code locked on, plus new deals every day on swap.com's homepage. That's 35% off select items on your first order with promo code locked on. All right, let's get to Melissa Jacobs. You can follow her on Twitter at the football girl, she is the founder and managing editor of the football girl. You can also follow that Twitter feed at TFG underscore NFL. We work together at SI. I pitched her many NFL stories. She also has a great podcast you can listen to. Melissa, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Oh, thanks for having me. We are, we, we go back, former colleagues at Sports yeah. Illustrated. So it is, it is good to have you here. I wish we were we were going to have something more pleasant to discuss than the 49ers, given how that season has unfolded to this yeah. point. Where where does this team go from this point? Because they're so injured, and and so many of the blue chip players and and pivotal players in this lineup are not in. How do you even evaluate what you have in this team at this point? Well, it's it's very dire straits in San Francisco, and honestly, there's there's not much room for upward trajectory at this point. I mean, obviously you have the major losses, uh, Garoppolo and Jarek McKinnon to, to a lesser extent, but even some of the, the key figures now, like, like uh, you know, Matt, Matt Breida, the running back who had actually been playing very well, fantasy players know that. Um, mm-hmm. There's been, you know, some injuries on, on defense. Uh, you know, the offensive line is, is a little banged up and, it's 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 pretty devastating, um, you know, from a, from a football perspective. Just just to watch Kyle Shanahan and knowing that he had his pieces in place to run his scheme this year, and now the players that are there can't actually run it. Yeah, and and is does that? I mean, I assume that makes it more difficult to evaluate the kind of job that he and John Lynch are doing. But the early returns there seem to be good. I mean, is there anything to be gleaned on the job that they've done, whether it's coaching or building this team? Now, given that you know, as you mentioned, those cornerstone pieces are just not on the field. Right. Well, a lot of people are critical now of John Lynch for taking Solomon Thomas. Um, Sure. Two two years ago, and of course now it's like, well, you should have taken Mahomes then, which is <laughs> very easy to say now. Um, but you know, Re- Reuben Foster ha- has has been a stud, and 
I think when you when you have this kind of situation and, and you just have a lack of roster talent, if we're being frank, I think you just have to you kind of just have to look at the sloppiness. The 49ers on offense were pretty sloppy last week, five turnovers. I think that's safe to say that that's sloppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but defensively, which, which is a unit that is mostly on the healthier end, certainly compared to the offense, I mean – they they had so many missed opportunities, horrible penalties, and I think when you're evaluating, you know, the defensive coordinator Robert Salas, that that's kind of where you start to be like, okay, how much of that is bad coaching when there's just so many missed tackles and 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 but more so just stupid mistakes. And I think there's already kind of a call for for him to maybe be on the hot seat, but I don't think it's at this point with with the roster basically destruction. I don't think it's fair to put Kyle Shanahan anywhere near anything that's even warm at this point. <laughs> well, that's something that I, that I think Packer fans are going through right now too with the penalties. And you say, okay, I understand. Like, for example, last week you have three rookies out there and the secondary, they were really thin and being physically unable to handle your matchup play to play when you know you're dealing with lesser talent is one thing, but it's, not knowing where to be or playing right. with bad technique, those penalties. And, and you're, you're looking at it going, if we're not going to be talented, we have to at least play disciplined. And that it seems like is not happening right now for San Francisco with the understanding that, look, these players aren't great, but you have to do your job. You can't commit these penalties or you just have no chance to be competitive in these games. Right. I mean, you can give up a t- tons of yards because you can't cover people, but you can't give them free yards by you know, being offsides all the time and, and just stupid penalties. So, so it is, it's, it's a very, it's very frustrating from a team perspective and, and honestly a viewership perspective, because you have every strike against you as it is on the roster and then you're right. just adding to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's as dire as it gets um, because, because you can't blame, you can't say like, well, uh, we're going to get that quarterback next year. I mean, that when the Niners started their season before they traded for Garoppolo, it was like, okay, like, let's look for the positives and then we'll throw the quarterback piece in there and then, you know, see, see this team soar potentially. But now you're just waiting for people to heal up and kind of have to <laughs> suffer in the meantime. Do you think there's an element of the, the 49ers having tried to fast track this just a little too much that maybe they were a little further away from contending than they thought they were and, and went all in with the quarterback. No, no, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I know that they were an off season darling for a Mm -hmm. lot of, a lot of people. And that's just comes naturally from the Garoppolo hype. I mean, but I think anyone who's evaluated the roster knew that that defense was not championship caliber. There's a lot of weakness, particularly in the secondary and a lot of unknowns. I mean, you know, as explosive as Marquise Goodwin is and Pierre Garçon is, has been a rocket times. I mean, they, they, these aren't, you know, top flight receivers. Mm-hmm. They, they're they just not. So I think, you know, I always kind of had the Niners at, you know, nine and seven, best case scenario, maybe sneaking in as a wild card. So I don't. You know, I don't see. I, I think it's it's okay that you paid Jimmy that money. Is kind of the I gave a long winded answer to that. Yeah. But well, but it I sounds like think- you you think that you sort of agree with the premise that Jimmy was not going to just solve all of the problems on this team. 
No, no. I mean, it was amazing what happened at the end of, of last season going undefeated, but no, there, there are obvious holes and other teams improved like the Los Angeles Rams, for instance, Yeah, um, that were already, you know, markably better than San Francisco. And yeah, there, there are holes. I mean, I think that Jarek McKinnon piece is not talked about enough. And, and, and he, you know, he is still an unknown as a player, but he was the first free agent signing um, for San Francisco and, and Kyle Shanahan just had so many plans for him. He, he started game planning for their first game against Minnesota, like the day that they signed McKinnon. And I mean, they were, you know, you can do all kinds of things with that kind of, sure. you know, shifty all around back and, and, you know, hit losing him obviously is not nearly as big as losing Garoppolo, but that really kind of made the offense a little bit more pedestrian to begin with, even with Garoppolo there. And obviously without Garoppolo, it's like nothing. We'll get back to Melissa in just a second, but I want to remind you about our partnership with Loki. The Packers are wearing their bracelets. Why aren't you? I got a DM today from someone in Europe thousands of miles away saying, I am ready to represent my team. Are you? And here's the thing about Loki that is so cool. It's not just about your game day swag. It's not just about repping your team. It's about balance. And here's why. Loki bracelets hold water from Mount Everest, the highest point on earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on earth. It's a daily reminder to keep balance in your life. Even if you're not a big bracelets person, maybe someone in your life is, get them a gift. It's a great gift, especially to show your appreciation for the green and gold, your support for the Packers. And let me give you that opportunity at a discount. My listeners, get an exclusive 25% discount on all game day bracelets with the promo code PACKERS25. Check out, put in the promo code PACKERS25 at lowkai.com, L-O-K-A. AI.com to get 25% off. Today's episode is also brought to you by The Athletic. Every time Ben Fennell writes something, basically, I retweet it because he is one of the smartest, best X's and O's people on Twitter, not just because he covers the Packers, but the, the video breakdowns he does, the clips, outstanding. The work that, that Michael Cohen and Josh Tolentino do, outstanding coverage of the Green Bay Packers And it's not just that. It's the user experience. No pop-up ads. No autoplay videos. No garbage. No Lonzo Ball. No mess. And it's not just Packer coverage either. Badgers trying to get into the college football playoff. Brewers trying to get into the World Series. And you get access to all. I mean, it's not just the Athletic Wisconsin. You get the Athletic National coverage. You get the Athletic Buffalo, Toronto, Chicago, all of the cities around the country and even into Canada that create content you get access to. There are Packer fans all over the world. So you might be a Packer fan and a North Carolina Tar Heel fan or God forbid a Duke Blue Devil. I'm just kidding. They have outstanding coverage for all of those things and I want to give you a discount. 40% off your first year subscription. That's $2.99 a month. You can barely take the subway in New York City for that. Go to theathletic.com slash Packers to get the discount. That's 40% off your first year, $2.99 a month, less than $3. What are you waiting for? Subscribe today. All right, back to Melissa. I'm wondering, 
you know, with, with all the injuries and, and I, I, you know, I hate to keep bringing that part of it up, but it can't go understated all of the, the major offensive pieces that are out. Um, You know, CJ Beathard is now the quarterback and I would think it makes it hard to evaluate some of the other guys on the roster. It doesn't seem like um, he is a better option than, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks that could be otherwise on this team. And, and I said something about green Bay that every day, Eric Reed goes unsigned. The Packers are proving they're not committed to putting the best 53 guys on the field that they can. I sort of feel similarly about San Francisco and, and a number of teams that, have treated Colin Kaepernick the same way because it seems like under any circumstance you can create, this team would function better with a quarterback who's actually capable of being an NFL quarterback. Right. And, and CJ Beathard is not that, um, is right. he's a great guy that, that the players love him, but he's, he's not, he's not that maybe, you know, maybe, maybe in a few years he will be, he's only in his second year, but you know, the Kaepernick thing, as you know, Peter, like I, I have been a obviously as, as vocal as anyone, a yes. proponent of, of Kaepernick being, you know, just oppressed by by the league and should be signed by pretty much every team. Now, now San Francisco is is interesting. Um, Kyle Shanahan was asked after Garoppolo, and he said, "We already decided that Colin is not fitting our our offense, the offense that we want," and. There's truth to that. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Kyle Shanahan, more than almost every coach, is like, this is his scheme and he is sure. not adjusting it. He just, he will put players, if they can't execute it, then the team's going to lose. But they don't, you know, they might soften it a little bit um, when you have guys like CJ Beathard having to be under center, but they're not going to, you know, they're, they're not going to completely change the playbook for a player like cap what might be more you know rpos or what i don't even know what kaepernick would be at this point yeah um, and he you know he's shown to be honestly many different types of, of quarterbacks in his career but i and i'm not defending san francisco the, the main reason i don't think san francisco should sign well i don't think kaepernick would want to play for san francisco but they just don't have the other pieces in place. So like, it's not even worth the investment for, right. for him or, you know, if they had tried to trade for, for Teddy Bridgewater or, or do something like that. I mean, it's kind of like, what's the point? Like this season is lost. Yeah. I think a lot of other teams should be looking at Kaepernick, but <laughs> I don't see that it makes complete sense for San Francisco and what their objectives and deficiencies are. Do you think the ship has just sailed with him in the league at this point? <sighs> You know, I'm kind of hoping with Eric Reed. You know, Eric Reed was signed. He was a clear upgrade. Starts right away week one. Plays well. He kneels. You know, the world didn't blow up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'd i like to think that another team, obviously there's going to be a lot more fanfare if Kaepernick's on a team. Right. But, you know, even this, I'm sure you saw, Peter, the, the um, NFL ratings. They're up. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were there, there are studies that shows you, even though they were slightly, slightly down, but not compared to, to other things that are on television, that the protests had, had no effect, almost no effect. 
And if your team is, you know, just a upgrade at quarterback away, maybe with all the data that we have now, someone would would take that shot. Um, but I think it it has to happen. I mean, it has to happen this year, I, I would think. Um, so it, it might just be. I think it might be whatever the next devastating quarterback injury is that we really have that conversation in depth. And then if it doesn't happen, then, then, you know, then the ship has probably sailed. Sadly. I look at, at San Francisco defensively as well. And I I look and say they couldn't have used Eric Reed. They completely could have used Eric Reed. (laughs) I mean, it was, believe me, like people in San Francisco, myself included, were just furious that they didn't want to invest in, in Eric Reed, whose whose price probably got reduced over time. Um, yeah, I mean they they could use a lot of things. Eric Reed, yes, they could use Eric Reed. They could use Colin Kaepernick. They could use an upgrade at you know at least half of the position. So yeah, you're just you're just getting me fired up. <laughs> Well, speaking of upgrades, it's depressing. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean it's it's depressing from the Niners' perspective, but it's 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 just unbelievable that Eric Reed wasn't signed until now. It's it's just it's it's honestly it's inexcusable. Yeah, and in a league where winning really is the thing that matters. Well, I think you know, and I listen. I have been on record saying this over and over about this Packers team. Um, but it is true of the whole league. They they proved that winning is not the only thing that matters because <laughs> he would have helped a lot of teams win games. And I watch this Packers safety group and just say, if and I just I just wrote about it. If Ha Ha Clinton Dix is not the future of this team and it doesn't seem like he is, the other safety is Kentrell Bryce. They have a former second round pick from last year who's not playing for reasons I don't quite understand you have to know that your safety group is then just not good enough. So then you have to sign someone. And there were all these guys available, including available up until what, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, for that, for that to happen just shows you don't care as much as you say about winning. You care about other nebulous and potentially silly concepts. Melissa, I know you do a lot. So why don't you let my listeners know where they can find the work that you do um, because they should find it. Well, thanks. Yes, I, I do do a lot. Um, so I have a website, the thefootballgirl.com, where we cover all aspects of the NFL um, and fantasy football as well. Mm-hmm. We have um, Pat Fitzmorris. You, you know him, Peter. He's one of the most accurate fantasy analysts um, out there. And he houses his rankings and other articles. Um, I have a podcast, and the a Football Packers Girl fan, Podcast. Right? He, he is a huge Packers fan. There you go. Yes. Um, the Football Girl podcast, uh, which is once a week, we typically highlight prominent women in the NFL. We, we get, you know, we, we go deep in these conversations. I've mm. talked to everyone from, you know, Sam Ponder to Amy Trask to Andrea Kramer last week. It's, you know, really cool and hopefully inspiring conversation We have where we do also talk football and, we're, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter at the football girl, Facebook at the football girl, Instagram, TFG underscore NFL. And I think that's, that should cover it. 
that's everything. There's more, but you're, I don't want to bore your listeners. You are ubiquitous, Melissa. I am, I am everywhere. <laughs> I might be like on your wall somewhere. Or some, oh, no. Somehow. I just it's turned around. I just checked it. <laughs> I'm just Michael Myers in time for Halloween. <laughs> ready to start yelling out all my hashtags to you. Oh, Melissa, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. I want to thank Melissa again for joining the show. She's a terrific follow on Twitter. And the fantasy football content there especially is really good. Uh, Pat is a Packers fan. Hopefully we'll have him on the podcast. I, I, I told him I got to have him on. And we just haven't found time to do it. So we will do that. I promise. I promise. Pat, if you're listening, we'll have you on. But check out that website. There's a lot of great work that Melissa is doing. We'll be back tomorrow. Our conversation with Doug Farrar talking about the Packers offense, Mike McCarthy's scheme, the improvements that he's made, and the improvements that he could still make. Uh, Really looking forward to, to sharing that conversation with you because I think it's something that every Packer fan should listen to. Doug has been documenting this Mike McCarthy offense and the evolution of it, or potentially lack thereof, going back to about 2015 when the problems started to crop up. So, This is a conversation tomorrow you are not going to want to miss. And to make sure you never miss a show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're never missing an episode of Locked on Packers. I always tweet them out. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast feed on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. We post all of our content there. And remember, you can always hit us up at the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775 to let us know how you are staying Locked on Packers.